Hi, everyone. I'm Erica Chase, and welcome to our new technology spotlight, Engineering the Future. In this series, we're talking to technology experts, engineers, and entrepreneurs to explore the transformative power of technology and innovation, with a particular focus on the financial services industry. We'll also try to understand the innovators behind this transformation. What makes them tick? What drives their creativity? And what keeps them interested? Today, we're joined by Mike Dargan, UBS's Chief Digital and Information Officer and a member of UBS's Group Executive Board. Mike also oversees our firm's digital asset strategy and firm-wide agile program. Mike, thanks for joining us here today. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Great to be doing this. Let's help our listeners get better acquainted with you. We'd love to hear about your role. A lot has changed for you since you joined UBS six years ago, and a lot has changed for UBS from a technology perspective, too. So it'd be great to learn more about you and also hear more about how we're making technology a differentiator here at UBS. Yeah, exactly. So I joined UBS in uh, 2016. I was uh, joined as Group CIO, and in 2021, I was named um, exactly that, so Group Chief Digital and Information Officer, and joined the Group Executive Board, the, the, the GAP. This is, really is a new function, so known internally as CIO, and it was created to help us drive our digital strategy and deliver the best experience for our clients. So what, what is CDIO? So it has a wide remit. It ranges from all of technology to real estate to sourcing to BCM to vendor management. I have to say I, I feel very privileged to be doing what I'm doing and think I have one of the best jobs, albeit it can be tough at times. Now, if you look at the firm's strategy, there is one area where CDIO plays a critical role, and that is making um, tech a true differentiator for, for our firm. And I'm really grateful to all the teams who work um, hard all across the world for, for doing that. And ensuring um, our tech is a differentiator is really important, because if we take that step back, really, it's how our clients experience us every day. It underpins everything we do, and it's not a set of buzzwords, but we want to be able to deliver a personalized, relevant, seamless, on-time experience, and do that especially at scale. Wow, I can't help but think about the wide range of teams you must oversee and bring together across CDIO. I'd love to hear about your background and how you got to where you are today. Have you always worked in technology? Absolutely. When I was growing up, my ambition was to be on the gab at UBS running uh, running tech. Um, okay, <laughs> perhaps not, but uh, I, if I think all the way back, when I was very young, I actually wanted to be a, a vet. So I've always loved animals. Now, obviously, that didn't pan out, but we, although we do have a dog and two cats um, at home. But I also didn't start my career in tech either. So I've done a, a few different things. I interned in investment banking at Morgan Stanley. I uh, worked in consulting at Olaf Wyman um, and worked actually in Europe, the U.S., and then all across Asia. I went then from there to internal corporate strategy, but also corporate M&A, so acquisitions for the whole co, both at Merrill and Standard Chartered. And then at one point, I was then asked to run the, the second ops function. And, and really, honestly, I wasn't sure if it's what I wanted to do, or certainly not as a longer-term option. But the more I explored it, the more I understood it, the more I became fascinated with it and took the plunge. And really because I see tech as um, what we do as the future. And even, you know, over 10 years ago, I, I felt the same. 
So I did a number of different roles in tech and ops of increasing size and complexity before I joined UBS. Now, while I love tech, my role as sort of CDIO is so much more than tech. It's about leading people, making decisions, sometimes difficult or tough ones, understanding our core business and how they work, and the client and employee experience, and bringing those pieces together to figure out how tech can accelerate the journey. So for me, there's two things. One, I, I love developing and implementing strategies. And two, I love tech and really driving that execution. So with this, I can combine two of the things I, I love a lot. That's great. So you took something you enjoyed learning about, technology, and your knack for business and banking, and you turned your career into something truly unique. So to stay within that same theme of careers and talent, the tech industry globally has seen massive disruption this year. With the competition for talent rising, has that disruption made the opportunities in banking more attractive for engineers and developers? Great question. I've said this from day one. I think banking is technology, but ultimately technology is people. At UBS, tech uh, and the talent we have in tech has always made up a large part of the organization. But the talent market really has evolved. And so there are more opportunities than ever for tech talent, especially in a, a intro or post-COVID world where digitalization is is so strong. And we've seen that pendulum swing back and forth. So um, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, there was that wave of engineers and developers who went from banking to new tech companies. But I think we are seeing a renewed interest in what we do in banking in, in this industry, partly because I think we're... Um, evolving and creating something new. So banking in of itself is a very data-driven industry, but actually the amount we can now make that focus on the UI, focus on the UX, and we have a lot of cool stuff we're doing from all the initiatives across the BDs and functions to cloud, to cyber, to dev cloud, to um, AI, to digital assets. So, uh, I mean, as much as it echoes our purpose, we really are reimagining the way we do banking. And I think tech is at the center of of how we do that. That's amazing. So sounds like banking is the place to be. Absolutely. I, I think the energy and possibilities are attractive um, uh, almost any time, but especially right now. And I, I say that even with an unbiased lens. So I, I think we're working with the latest tech. We're improving how we operate and have a mandate to innovate and create. But we're also doing a lot to attract, develop, and, and retain that talent, so the engineering talent. So we have a distinguished engineers program, which is broadened out to the certified engineers uh, program, especially with one of the, the pillars of, of what we call uh, Level Up Tech, which is engineer excellence. We have training, we work agile, we've, we're focused on the tooling, um, and I, I think that, that list goes on. So this is the time, I think, um, at any part of the organization to play the role of disruptor, to push boundaries and have an impact. So even if it's someone who's not necessarily a tech professional, um, it, it is important to think of the full gamut of this because the, the future thrives on um, what people bring to the table, whether that's client experience, whether that's design, and it's not just the engineers coding alone. It's about the right subject matter experts thinking through the client lens um, and everyone working together to, to really bring stuff to life. Wow, that's really incredible. Can you explain more about the technology and the tools we have at UBS for engineers and developers? Where are, are we really ahead of the game in technology? 
So I, I think there's a number. If I had to pick one in particular, I'd say the cloud. I think we are one of the firms leading the way here. So if I think back to when I joined, we didn't really have a, a, um, a cloud, a public cloud strategy. And in 2018, we set a target of a third, a third, a third. So a third uh, mainframe, a third private cloud, a third public cloud. Um, so we have um, um, pretty much hit that. So we're about 64% cloud between um, public and private cloud. Earlier this year, we announced our plans to further accelerate what we're doing in, in, um, in the cloud overall, but especially in the public cloud, with an ambition of 50% um, in the public cloud. Now, cloud drives a lot of things. Um, it fundamentally changes the way we operate and allows us to reinvigorate our tech estate. Really, really, I think it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to, to change and completely reimagine our estate. So, for example, two years ago, we, we launched um, what we call DevCloud, so UBS DevCloud, which is an open ecosystem built on the public cloud where our engineers have one place for developing, testing, and deploying solutions while they're running, and so really accelerate the time to market. So with DevCloud, we can improve and adapt our applications so they will continue to be relevant. Now, the biggest benefit of, of that is that things that used to take, say, five days now only take one, which also boosts our engineers' productivity. Uh, and a phrase that, that we use quite a lot is, um, at, at any firm or at UBS, all developers or engineers wait at the same speed. So anything we can do to reduce their waiting time is value-add. If we have the best engineering talent and the best dev platform, we can really create the best tech experience for our employees and for our clients. You've talked about transformation and disruption, and I know it can be very difficult to predict the future, and it's absolutely crazy that I'm asking you this, but do you have a sense for where the financial services industry is headed and what it might look like in the next five to ten years? So the reality is yes and no. That far ahead, we can't know, but what we need to do is set ourselves up so that we're operating in the right way. So without a doubt, the industry is becoming increasingly digital. Clients um, expect that digital anytime, anywhere experience. And with COVID, I think that trend accelerated. So people are used to working from home, shopping from home, and banking from home. Now, that said, not everyone wants to do their banking digitally. And even with those who do, not everyone will want or should have the same experience, the same digital experience. And our clients are individuals with individual preferences. So, so what do we do? The key is building, a, a, I think, a, a modern tech estate with that strategic optionality. So dev cloud and excellence, agile, all of those enable us to move fast, leverage automation and code with, with quality in mind. And if we build with that future evolution in mind, we then have strategic optionality. Then I think we can work with the businesses and the clients to understand or improve their experience and use tech to empower the clients really um, to interact with UBS, but on their terms. So if I were to take some of the examples, so across our businesses and regions, we've developed a, some really cool solutions powered by tech. So if I think of just recently... We.UBS in China, which is a digital-led wealth management platform, uh, UBS Partner, a platform that screens about 8 million client portfolios every day, Nail in the IB, which is um, more than that, though, because it's an enterprise-wide ecosystem with about 30 million users, UBS Key4 here in Switzerland, 
which is a digital product line for private clients that can open a, a fund account online with, um, within just a few minutes. Um, and we've also defined our digital asset strategy. And this one is, is something that I think um, the, the teams collectively should be very proud of because we did the world's first bond publicly listed, traded and settled on both blockchain and traditional exchanges. So, so taking a step back to your question, as much as we look out into the future, the key really is to have um, the best possible tech for our clients and employees today, but built in a way that means we can react, we can adjust quickly to whatever um, may come in the future. What role does Agile play in all this? You've been at the helm of scaling Agile at UBS, so would love to hear more about that. So I, I think first let's demystify the myths. There are a lot of buzzwords on Agile. So Agile really is going from requirements to outcomes as quickly and as iteratively as possible. Now, I don't mention tech in that phrase as it can be any outcome. So it could be it could be sourcing, it could be onboarding. There is then a set of lingo on that, which is industry standard from parts to crews to chapters to guilds. Agile really is and should be the only way of working in the change environment. So we now have over 18,000 people in Agile, but still have more work to do in the space. I think what's been done and focused on is phenomenal. I think the work from the teams all across UBS has been absolutely outstanding, but we need to keep driving this. Agile also means moving away from, uh, if you like, traditional forms of governance to create more um, flexible and different ways of working. So we have a much more enabled firm. So in order to roll out Agile at scale, we developed um, a unified way of Agile working that we call Agile at UBS with a playbook, with coaching, with tooling, with comms, the whole lot. So instead of having multiple ways of Agile working in play across the firm, we have one consistent way of how we work Agile, such that we can then ramp up at scale. I think it also gives our talent the flexibility to develop and grow across uh, many teams. With such a big mandate, it makes me curious, how do you manage work-life balance? Is it even possible? Do you have a business or life philosophy that help guides you on a day-to-day -day basis, You know, whether that's you as an individual or as a manager? So first, I think it's actually almost impossible to achieve balance. By definition, it will be unbalanced. So it's, I think it's about being focused on priorities throughout the day, the week, the, the, the year. So if I'm at work, I'm at work. Once I'm home, I, I try and then focus on home, etc. But actually, the whole concept of work-life balance is, is by definition something that is unachievable. Mm. So it, I, I do try and have three key priorities, my health, my family, my work. Um, and in that order. I think one needs to aim um, and strive to give the best to all of them. Nothing is more important than health. Without that, we don't have the energy or the ability to focus on family or to focus on work. So I prioritize health and, and find time to, to move, to do stuff, whether that's biking, swimming, walking the dog, etc. Uh, I think my family also gives me energy. So I do prioritize spending time with them and being present to, to that point around balance. So if I'm at work, I'm at work. If I'm with, with family, I, I think it's really important to be to be present. Uh, and as mentioned before, it, work is a huge part of what I do. So work does energize me. Uh, I love being in the role I'm, uh, I'm in, where we create things, we build things for the future, and I, uh, that is energizing. I think that then the second part of your question of sort of a life or business philosophy is, um, 
uh, respect the past, celebrate the present, and inspire the future. I am in a role which is focused on change, but we have to respect and celebrate where we are because there really is great stuff that, that has been done and continues to be done. My kids are total techies, and they're teaching me new functionalities and terminology all the time. And also about how to use our virtual reality headset, which I have to say is awesome. I know you have two daughters. Have they taught you something new about technology? And what's the most important piece of technology advice you can pass on to them? They are both into tech. They've done coding camps. Uh, I think even away from tech, uh, I love how they view the world. And I quite often try and see the world through their lens. We've all been children and we loved experimenting. And I think it's important for all of us to not lose that piece of curiosity and experimentation. They also just want simplicity and complain about um, anything which is complicated, um, not even just tech. (laughs) So I don't think I need to give them advice about tech. Use tech when you need it, but embrace human relationships when you don't. So I have just one last question for you. It's one we're asking everyone who joins our Engineering the Future podcast. If you could see technology solve just one issue in society, what would you choose and why? And just to be clear, this isn't a a gotcha question. I know there are many things you care about and many issues all of us would like to tackle. It's just interesting and honestly helpful to hear about different challenges and themes. So would love to hear your thoughts on that. I'd love to say many of the problems we have in society today, but I think the best use of tech really is connecting people. So the more we connect, the more we interact, the more we break down barriers. Uh, I think that is more important than than, than um, anything. I think we quite often get focused on all the, the different aspects of this. Tech is fun. I think it's important to make sure we have that at the core. We should have tech as, as the fun part of what we do, as the, the, the sort of embracing part of what we do, and use it in that way. I couldn't agree with you more, Mike. Truly, thank you so much for, for joining us today. We'd love to have you back in the future to continue the conversation. Thank you very much. In the meantime, I encourage everyone listening in to check out UBS.com backslash digital next to learn more about what UBS is doing in the digital space. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great one. This podcast was prepared by the Chief Digital and Information Office of UBS. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent those of UBS. This podcast is for information purposes only and does not constitute investment or other advice, research, or recommendation. Neither UBS nor any of its affiliates makes any warranty or representation as to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in this podcast. To the fullest extent permitted by law, neither UBS nor any of its affiliates shall incur any liability in connection with this podcast. This podcast may not be copied, published, reproduced, or redistributed in whole or part without UBS's consent. For further details, please refer to the UBS website.